magic lies within the trails we ride. You're listening to the Journey On Podcast with Warwick Schiller. Warwick is a horseman, trainer, international clinician, and author who helps empower horse people from all over the world with the skills, knowledge, and mindsets needed to create trusting partnerships with their horses. Warwick offers a free seven-day trial to his comprehensive online video library that includes hundreds of full-length training videos and several home study courses at videos.warwickshiller.com. Just because you see Hello and welcome back to the Journey On podcast. This week you have Robin. Uh, Warwick asked me to do a podcast, I think in light of my new obsession with uh, ice baths. And he said, why don't you do a, a podcast on all of the little rabbit holes that you've been down? So that is what we're going to do today. So just a reminder, I am not a doctor. I'm just sharing with you my journey through, I guess, what I'll call menopausal anxiety. How's that? So let's go a little farther back than that, though. And we'll start with um, kind of exercise and diet and some of the rabbit holes that I've been down there. Some good, some not so good. <laughs> um, I've always been quite obsessed with exercise and not in a healthy way either. I did a blog a few years ago you can find on the Warwick Schiller uh, website called Body Betrayal. And I've always thought about it that way until recently. Um, you know, I've done what I thought were the right things and my body didn't respond the way that it that I thought it should, and mostly in the, you know, losing weight category. Um, now looking back, I know it was just trying to survive and actually it's pretty darn good at it. And and I have a new appreciation, you know, for for that um, more than I did, you know, a few years ago. So I've always been searching, you know, to look better and feel better. So it has led me down some rabbit holes. And one of the one of the things that got me started um, on my relationship to fat was a uh, book called The Big Fat Lie. Warwick suggested that I read it and it did change my entire outlook on the way that I ate. You know, I had done all the fad things and I was pretty much like the no fat, you know, Warwick calls it no fat, no taste, no nothing. But, you know, low fat and no fat was the way to go. The problem with that is that, you know, everything is so processed and probably really not good for you. And so when I read this book, it really kind of got me thinking about fat in a different way. And that's about the same time I also found um, Dave Asprey with Bulletproof. And so his, you know, at the time, this is like 2015, um, he does this thing called Bulletproof Coffee where you put uh, butter, grass-fed butter into your coffee in the morning and you whip it up. And then you add generally, this is just really condensing it, you know, you generally add a lot more good fats into your diet. I remember eating avocado with like every meal, which was pretty good because I love avocado. And it did, um, it did great things. It, cha it changed me inside and outside, you know, back in 2015. Um, and I have found and confirmed through testing with my naturopath that my body does do better with less carbs and more fat and protein. I know everybody is different, but you know, while I don't drink the coffee anymore, um, I do tend to feel better if I'm not on carbs, especially gluten. I don't have a gluten allergy, but I just know that I feel better when I, uh, when I don't eat a lot of carbs. So my lifelong anxiety really got worse in around 2012, 2013. I was having panic attacks at work and I would end up in the ER, you know, thinking I was having a heart attack. I made them do all the cardio tests because it just felt like something was wrong. And if any of you have ever had a panic attack, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you think you're dying and it, it doesn't matter what the tests show at the time when you're in that spiral. It's, it's tough. It's tough. And so I figured out that there was something wrong. It wasn't my heart. Um, the lady who worked at Gilroy Gates at the time asked me if I'd ever had my hormones checked. And then at the same time, somebody else I was working with brought it up again. And so I'm like, okay, two people have mentioned this, so maybe I should go get it checked. 
And so she, uh, the Gilroy Gates lady referred me to a naturopath and I'll give her name out, but please let me, you know, don't inundate her because I still want my appointments. Um, but her name is Dr. Renee Young and her practice is in Los Gatos, California. Um, so I've been seeing her since then, since 2000, almost, yeah, almost 10 years. She's been helping me. You know, I was having, we figured out that the anxiety was really triggered by hormones and I was, you know, very premenopausal at that point. But um, she got me through menopause. Now I'm, I'm postmenopausal now. And um, probably the biggest thing that she did to address um, like my menopausal weight was not too long ago. It was actually since that, uh, that body betrayal blog that I did in 2018. But she got me on a, a thyroid supplement called Armor Thyroid. And I lost 10 pounds just like that. So that was a, a big thing. You know, she had been testing my thyroid and it had been looking fine, I guess. But, you know, three, I think it was three or four years ago, well, three years ago now, um, she must have seen something in my blood, you know, that made her prescribe that. And it's been really, really good. I take a very small amount, but I take it every morning. So um, she's also, you know, helped me through the menopause with supplements. I don't do any kind of hormone therapy. Um, and I'm not, I was against it now that I learn more about, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of what they said about hormone therapy is wrong because all of their studies, what I'm finding out, all of their studies were really, really skewed. So probably hormone therapy, I, you know, at this point, I think I'm okay. I, you know, I feel good. I don't have any menopausal, uh, symptoms anymore, but you know, I would, if you're on the fence about it, really look at learning from some, there's some good podcasts out there, but I think that a lot of the, the drama about it was due to some, some, you know, research that was flawed. So I wouldn't be against it now at this point. Um, anyway, um, she's also helped both Warwick and I ramp up our immune system through the last two years, you know. Uh, if it hasn't been shared, you know, I've been pretty uh, scared of COVID and, you know, uh, we have, well, Warwick is just getting over it. Um, I have escaped it thus far, knock, knocking on wood. Um, and she's really, um, so we do IV therapy every month. So we do one that's actually a bag that she calls the funky monkey. So it's got all kinds of good stuff in it, high dose vitamin C and the B vitamins and glutathione, which is really good. And I can actually tell when I'm needing it. So, you know, I guess I get to a point where I'm like, ooh, my mental state maybe not be that great. So maybe I need, maybe it's time for an IV. Um, we've also done some peptide treatment with uh, thymosin alpha one. Uh, we give ourselves little shots in the belly. So as Warwick is recovering, you know, from COVID, I believe that these things really helped him get through with a minimum amount of symptoms. Um, it's still early days, but I'm glad that we set ourselves up on, you know, with these things and, you know, it went the way that it went. And while I guess I'm on the naturopath, it's not really a rabbit hole. I think it's just an alternative way to, you know, why I like the naturopath is that she looks at my whole self, like it's not just treating a symptom. She is about prevention. And I think that's incredibly important. And so, you know, she's doing blood work every six months, which I don't love, but I'm getting better at. And I'm really interested to see how it's going to go after the ice baths. I have a hunch it's going to go a lot easier, um, but we'll get to that later. Um, but the other two things that she did for us late in 2021, first was a test called the gallery test. And it's a blood test that checks for over 50 types of cancers. And for her, she really believes in it. It caught something in her father-in-law in the very early treatable stages. So she's going to incorporate that for us each year. Um, it's not going to take away any of the other, you know, tests that, you know, we do as women, mammograms and our um, pap smears and things like that. And colonoscopy, which I have to have at later this year. But it is, um, she believes it's, it's something that, that everybody should be having every year. So we're going to, we're going to keep doing that. 
Um, and the second was in the blood work, um, last late last year, she saw a couple of autoimmune markers in my testing and she suggested that I do. And I had also had, um, I had had, uh, food poisoning in summer last year. And so that's kind of why I did the test that I did because I, I hadn't felt right since then. And so she saw some stuff in there. And so she said she wanted me to do a two week liquid fast. And at first I thought, Phew, yeah, no, I don't think so. But then Warwick, maybe too much information, but he got diverticulitis. And um, so she wanted him to do that too. And so she thought, how cute, let's put you both on a liquid diet together. Um, it'll be a bonding experience. So we both went through, we didn't finish, we didn't do two, two weeks, but we did 10 days. And I'll tell you by day four, I was a total believer. Day one was super hard. Um, I was starving and it's a liquid. It's just, it's called the elemental diet and, um, it's a liquid shake. So you can have, we had like eight shakes a day and you can mix it with only water. And this is the only thing you're having besides water, um, in your day. So shakes and, and we took a huge leap of faith because, um, we hadn't tasted it before. And it actually tasted pretty good. We got the dextrose free one. So sugar free. And, um, yeah, so it was again, day one really, really was hard, but, but after a while there was this actually kind of a peace that came over me. And I think that this peace was the absence of that voice in my head, you know, analyzing everything I put in my mouth, shaming and guilting me for, you know, for, for eating basically, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one with this voice, but it was so nice to not have to think about what I was going to eat or not eat. And also, you know, yeah, it was just that, that was super peaceful. I was afraid of not having any energy, but because your body is not having to digest anything, the shake is pre-digested. Um, you actually have plenty of energy. It's pre-digested and it has all the, the nutrients that you need in it. So it's not a water fast. It was, it was a, you know, it was a nutritional fast, but it is a shake. Um, so after the 10 days, I eased back into eating and she asked me to do a low FODMAP diet. So FODMAP, um, it's has a big meaning, but it's basically all the fermented marker or fermented food. And I had been doing a lot of kombucha and yeah, I had been probably not been doing the best thing with my with the FODMAPs, but, um, really interesting to follow that. I still follow that pretty, pretty closely. I have a pretty, if I look at it, my diet is, you know, I don't do a whole wide range of foods. Um, and I'm okay with that. It kind of does help me. And maybe this is my obsessive nature, but you know, it kind of does help me control what I'm eating and, and I don't mind that. Um, but yeah, the 10 days was really, really good. And, and I believe it really gave me a complete mental and physical reset and testing after that proved that it did move, you know, help move the needle on some of those autoimmune markers. Um, I've done it a few days here and there since, um, again, the thing is the first day is really hard. So to do it any more than, um, you know, if you can push past that first day, you can get into some really, um, nice, you know, feelings and, and it gives your gut a rest, which is really, really good. There are some other, you know, uh, ones out there. If you just Google elemental, you can buy Dr. Ruscio has really good information on that. So I know if you've got SIBO or any, anything like that going on, um, yeah, it's, it's recommended. And, and I'll tell you it was, you know, first day was really hard and then it got a lot easier. So, and I really, really, um, did feel the benefits of it. I had, I had said I might do one every year, but I don't know. I mean, it was, it was good, but I'm not sure I want to do it again anytime super soon. All right. Um, as far as exercise, you know, I've tried it all. I was a cardio freak for most of my 20s and 30s, you know, against Warwick's advice that I add weights, you know, probably by the end of my 30s is when and when I turned 40 was when I was starting to do intervals and adding the weights in. 
And I think I was probably in the best shape ever, right when I turned 40. Um, of course, I was in the gym for over an hour a day, plus doing horse chores at home. And, you know, we lived in Australia at the at that time. And um, I had switched from beer to wine. <laughs> so my alcohol had changed. Um, yeah, so I did, I did like the, the interval training. And, you know, I would think I was running at that time, too. So, you know, just on the treadmill, but um, and I, I, I loved Pilates. I tried Pilates for a couple of years until my vertigo flared up and then I couldn't do it anymore. So I'm sure I could have, but laying flat for me and vertigo just don't go together. And a lot of what you do on the reformers laying flat. So I just gave it up. Um, then I got into CrossFit for a couple of years and then until that was until COVID lockdowns hit. And then really, since then, I've eased up on the obsessiveness of exercise. Like I used to be someone who needed to do something every day or I felt like I didn't do anything. And um, I figure between I've just kind of shifted my um, my mindset. You know, there's they I listened to a podcast on Huberman and um, I forget who it was. It was about mindset. It was a lady. It was a really, really good podcast. Um, and she was talking about a study that they did with um, these maids and how when they um, reframed what they, you know, they asked them, do you get any exercise? And they all said no. And when they reframed what they did every day and said, you're actually doing a lot of exercise, like you, you're cleaning rooms for two hours, like you're doing a lot of physical work. And so when they tweaked their thinking about it, they really, um, they actually saw not only, um, you know, some of them lost weight and they didn't change anything else. It was just the tweak in their thinking, their actual physiological markers like improved as well. So it's really interesting how just a shift in your mindset can do that. And it's actually kind of scary to me, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, so I think, you know, I, there's, we have Kendall who helps us here at our place, but you know, there's a couple days a week that I take over the chores and, you know, cleaning horse poop for 10 horses. It takes a good hour. And then we have a Euro sizer who, where, um, you know, the horses like to do the least amount of work. So they get that groove, you know, that's worn in the, in the groove. So I have been, um, raking it every day. And that's a good 20 minutes, you know, of pretty intense, you know, you're raking sand. So pretty intense, um, exercise. So, you know, I've, I've kind of thought about it in the way that the maids, you know, I'm doing a lot of work and actually on my, um, aura ring that I wear, uh, it tracks exercise and sleep, mostly sleep, <clears throat> but exercise and, you know, it'll pop up with a, Hey, you got to work out when I'm doing my, uh, horse chores. And so I have named it yard work. It's my yard work, but you know, an hour and 10 minutes of yard work at a medium clip every day is, is a workout, you know, and then I try, I try to do something every couple of days, whether it's pickleball or walking or paddleboarding, or maybe a 10 minute, um, high interval training this summer. I've been swimming at the high school. They have uh, lap swimming and, um, you know, I swam a lot as a kid and I forgotten how much I really loved it. So I've been doing that maybe a day a week. So I also do either Qigong or yoga every day. Um, I know I'm, I'm lucky I work from home and I can fit this all in. Um, but I'll tell you about some of the other modalities and then I'll explain how I got into the Qigong and the yoga. So breath work is another thing. Um, that helped me with the anxiety and I didn't call it breath work when I started. You've all heard that story about CBT, cognitive behavior therapy and how I started breathing and how it helped with a panic attack on a plane. Um, that was pretty basic stuff, but it did work. And, um, I actually just got uh, certified earlier this year in uh, breath work modality from yoga body. Um, so, you know, I thought that would be a good, um, it would be something good to, that I could share with others. Um, and I, so there's a whole cor uh, course on the, uh, subscription library on, on, on breath work and different, um, types of breaths that you can do. And, um, yeah, I, I enjoy it and I use it every day. Um, I actually do have a couple other videos on the subscription, um, my favorite 
meditation slash breath work is called the eco meditation. And um, I was just at a Greg Braden conference in Florida, and he did the heart math um, kind of meditation. And it's very similar to the eco meditation and very similar to the work that Carrie Lake does. And so I really, really enjoyed that. And I think that that's going to be something that I incorporate every day. Um, but so, you know, in to 2017, Warwick had started down some rabbit holes of his own. And then, you know, I think meditation was one of his first ones. And so in 2019 is when I started into the meditation. And I started with something called Ziva meditation. It just really resonated with me and got me into a regular practice. Um, now my meditation, it's, you know, I've gone through all kinds of different meditation things. And um, uh, I use the Muse also. It's a headband. And then we've done a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations. And, you know, while I might not sit down in meditation every day, there's usually some part of yoga or Qigong that I do that incorporates it. Um, and that leads me to Qigong. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing it exactly right. But um, in 2019, I was part of a women's retreat with a couple of friends. And as a facilitator, um, I had just completed Brene Brown's Dare to Lead program. And then the year before that, I had done an equine assisted learning training. So uh, they asked me to, you know, I had some interesting information to share. So they asked me to um, be one of the three facilitators. And this is where I met um, Yvette Espinosa-Clark. She did Qigong sessions each morning. And by the end of the retreat, it was four days, I felt super. I mean, I know there were other reasons why um, I felt super, but I really think the Qigong really, really, really was impactful for me. And so I found a couple YouTube instructors that were her style. Um, Shelton Qigong is the main one. But now Yvette actually has a virtual option um, that I join in. She does two uh, sessions a week on Zoom. Um, so whenever she has a, a, I don't do it every week, but, you know, I join in here and there. And then I also enjoy um, uh, Yochi on YouTube as well. I think her name's Marissa. Um, so it's Y-O-Q-I, Y-O-Q-I, and then Shelton Qigong. And then Yvette Espinoza-Clark um, is on uh, Instagram. You can find her. So, and then speaking of yoga, well, Warwick had done some of yoga with Adrian's three days of yoga, 30 days of yoga, but I never had. Um, I don't know that I'd done any yoga, really. Um, my sister-in-law was getting certified in Kundalini in 2020, and then COVID hit. So she had to practice sister-in-law, meaning um, my brother's uh, wife. And they live close. They live pretty close. And um, But because of COVID lockdowns, um, she had to practice. And so she set up Zoom calls every week um, with family. And we learned Kundalini. And again, I loved it so much. So I continued um, with Brett Larkin on YouTube. And then she has an online uh, library similar to what we have so between Kundalini and Qigong, you know, I had a daily practice and those incorporate, you know, meditations. And then sometimes I do meditations outside of that. Um, I did a deep dive into the nervous system when COVID hit too. And my good friend, um, Jane Pike started talking about it more, um, between her, Suki Baxter, Irene Lyon, and a book by Stanley Rosenberg called the accessing, uh, accessing, accessing the healing power of the vagus nerve. I started utilizing these practices as well, and then um, adding them onto the subscription for people. And now that I'm thinking about all this, I'm realizing that I have a pattern of becoming very interested in something and finding all, all out about out about all of it and then even getting certified. I'm thinking about the equine assisted learning, you know, um, so I got certified in Canada through Equine Connection, and then I did Beth and Standig's Natural Leadership course, and I've helped her with a few of her client sessions. So I'm kind of doubly certified in the EAL situation. And then Bernays, uh, she ended up having a facilitator training for Dare to Lead. And because of my years of experience in HR, I qualified to take that. So I did that. Um, yeah. 
So, and then the breath work and now the ice bath. So, um, yeah, I'm finding a pattern here, <laughs> but I guess, you know, well, at least from EAL and the dare to lead, you know, what I found from those certifications and training is that I wasn't, I'm not sure I want to go back into corporate work. You know, they've all been great learning experiences and have taught me more about myself for sure. Um, and I, I do wish I had learned some of that while I was still in corporate, but, um, I think I could have made much more of a positive difference in some of my roles if I had, but yeah, I, I don't think that that's, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to go back to corporate, but that leads us to my current ice bath obsession. So I had done some cryotherapy. Those are the freezing cold chambers, you know, where it blows 200 minus 200 degree Fahrenheit air at you for three minutes. And I liked it, but I didn't really feel the immediate results other than the mental part. You know, I mean, I felt cold, but um, but the mental part of not wanting to do it and getting it done. But still now when I compare it to the ice baths, it's really got nothing, nothing on ice baths. So that leads us to this, this ice bath obsession. Um, all of the time that of COVID, Warwick had set up a freezer, which he converted into a cold plunge. I think he did um, a Wim Hof seminar in like December of 2019. I think maybe in preparation to going to Mongolia. I might be wrong with that. But, you know, then he set up this freezer, which he converted into a cold plunge in the garage. He sealed it and everything. I'll get to that. But he would go and he'd sit in there for two minutes. And he'd, you know, he had also turned down the water in his shower. And I just dismissed it outright. There was no way that I could do that nor did I want to, you know, I'm like, that's your thing. You go, you go good for you. I was happy. I'm proud of him, but, um, yeah, it wasn't for me. And, um, and I wish I could tell you why I started turning down the water in the shower. I just, I just did earlier this year. And then even more, I wish I could tell you why I decided one day back in May or June, why I said, I want to get in the freezer. Um, and from that day, I'm telling you, and it was only in the sixties, it wasn't like it was cold, but it did something to me and I was hooked. And now it's been three months. And for the most part, I've plunged or cold showers nearly every day. I started listening to podcasts about it and getting the scientific part figured out, you know, why did I feel so good? And so here's, here's what I'll share with you. And we're talking about deliberate cold exposure. This is the practice of submerging the body in freezing cold water to create a metabolic change at a cellular level. Um, I've just finished taking a facilitator course through Morosco Forge. And then I plan to do another one <laughs> because that's me. Get certified um, with Sherpa Breath and Ice either later this year or next. But some of the highlights of deliberate cold exposure, it's shown to improve metabolism, immune response, mood, circulation, focus, clarity, and energy. It's helped many people cure autoimmune disorders, cancer, diabetes, depression, anxiety, detoxification, and helps with substance abuse and trauma recovery. And it's also proven effective for insomnia, lymphatic drainage, uh, clears blood glucose, and stimulates ketone production in the liver. Some of the benefits, weight loss, increased energy, immune strength, stress inoculation, emotional resilience, addiction recovery, muscle recovery, trauma and PTSD. It helps with hormone regulation. It's just awesome. What can I say? Um, let me get some of these other questions out of the way. Like when should you do it? Pretty much any time. Like unless you have a fever and unless you have some um, health indications like pregnancy, you know, Morosco says they've had a few mom-to-be plungers who said that it's good for them. But, you know, it is a shock to the system. So you would recommend um, going to the doctor before. And I would say that to anybody. Like, if you think that you have something medically, then you probably should get a doctor's clearance. And I'll tell you that... Doctors don't know a lot about this, so good luck. Um, but cardiovascular patients, some heart conditions are not approved. It's you know, if you have a heart condition, get that approved. And then if you have any kind of fainting, um, especially as a result from extreme temperature fluctuations, you should probably get your doctor to approve it as well. Um, but you know, you can do it before or after exercise. 
Um, you know, you can do it once or twice a day. You can, you can do it in the morning. You can do it in the middle of the day. You can do it before bed. We re- they recommend doing it at least 90 minutes before bed. Um, and you know, some of the first things that will happen when you do it, you might get a headache. Um, you might get hand and foot numbness or tingling, you know, your extremities are getting colder. Um, but it's the deliberateness, you know, some people have said, oh, what about heart attacks or whatever? Well, it's different than being pushed in or jumping in a cold frozen lake, right? This is deliberate. We are mentally preparing ourselves to go into the water. So, um, Okay, let me back up. Medical condition, you know, of course, seek professional advice. There is something called after drop, which I think I experienced last week. Um, When I was in Florida, I filled the bathtub up with ice because they had the ice machine. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go fill up the ice machine and or the the ice, the bath with uh, ice. And so I got in and uh, that night I was I had the shivers. And I think it's because there was such an extreme so Florida is really hot and humid and I was, I had been outside and, and I had been outside and inside and outside and inside and outside and inside. So I was out in the hot, then in, in the air conditioning, out in the hot, in the air conditioning. And then I did the ice bath. And so that night I was a little bit shivery and, um, my aura ring said my, that actually my, um, temperature was actually a little higher than usual, which I think after drop is that your body temperature continu- continues to drop. So I'm not sure what that was, but it is important to warm up afterwards as naturally as possible. So standing in the sun or drinking something warm, or you can dry off right after. Uh, <clears throat> I do a power pose in the sun. I don't know how I'm going to go in the winter, but um, the power pose in the sun is usually enough for me. You can do the Wim Hof's, you know, the horse stance and the lunges if you want to do that. Um, but that's, that's important to do. So let me tell you how I started. So I started while the temperature was in the sixties, that's Fahrenheit for two minutes and then down to the fifties, probably over the course of a week. Then I did 48 for a couple of weeks until I really heard the benefits were really only if you were below 45 degrees. Um, so down it went, (laughs) I was like, Warwick, it's gotta be 45. So Um, Andrew Huberman from the Huberman lab says 11 minutes per week, not all at once at a temperature that is uncomfortable, but safe. He didn't give that 45 degree number. Um, I heard that somewhere else. And actually if, if I go with Morosco, they want it down to freezing, you know, they want you down at 32, 33, which I'm not, I'm really not interested in that. Um, I've just actually, well, I'll get to that too, but I've, I've just ordered a real cold plunge and it only goes down to 39 and I'm okay with that. I think 39 is my sweet spot, maybe 37, but I think 39 feels good for me. Um, anyway, so he gave the 11 minutes per week. Um, so that's what I shoot for, but because I feel so good after it's really hard not to do it daily. <laughs> um, how you can get started, you can get a bowl with ice water. You can stick your face in it. You can stick your hands in it. You can stick your feet in it. Make sure you do it in that order because you don't want to stick your face in feet water. So, you know, face, hands, feet. You could uh, get a horse trough or a kiddie pool or a bathtub and fill with ice and water. Um, you could turn down your shower, you know, start with the shower and turning turning it down at the end and, you know, have your, sh- your normal shower and then just turn it, turn it down a little bit. And then the next day, turn it down a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. I actually find the showers harder than the ice bath actually. But, um, but now I can go, we have two shower heads in our showers, so I can turn both on, um, pretty much cold and be fine for a couple minutes now. So remember, I'm somebody who didn't like the cold. I didn't think I could ever do it. And now it's, I'm, you know, taking ice baths at 39 degrees. (laughs) So, and I love it. So, um, longer is not better. Remember you can get all those benefits for, um, you know, 11 minutes per week. So the, the setup that we have is a chest freezer. It's been sealed. There's a whole, um, Facebook group online called chest freezer, cold plunge, and they have like all the, you know, all the specs on how to seal the freezer and blah, blah, blah. 
So um, I use a marine land filter and an aquarium pump, and then I use Spa Shock for sanitation. Um, the water that I fill it up with is filtered with a filter that goes on the hose. So we wash our feet before getting in, and then we have a little oil collector and a vacuum. So that's kind of our setup right now. Obviously, um, well, we plug it in until it's the temperature that we want it to be. Um, you can add ice if you want to. And then for those of you who are concerned for my safety, I say thank you. I am too. I have a note on the lid to unplug everything. The lid does not lock without a key. And I always have someone there with me unless I'm doing it at a higher temperature, which is now about 40. So um, it was 48. I'm like, I could get in by myself at 48. And now it's down to 40. So I'm like, okay, well, 40. Kendall's been doing it too. So, you know, she's, she's here in the afternoons and I usually wait for her. But but recently I have been doing it by myself. Um, but I do make sure, you, you know, I don't know that the dogs are around. <laughs> um, all right. But I just did order, um, a real one from a place called Renu therapy, R E N U therapy. Um, I checked it out and I tested a few others and I believe this is the one that will be most like the freezer, which I like, and it's got a whole sanitation and a chiller, which is going to be super cool. Um, why I keep doing it, the feel good chemicals, it's that sense of accomplishment. It's the, you know, norepinephrine and adrenaline and dopamine, um, you know, sent the sense of accomplishment, you know, it's helped me in other aspects of my life. Like I feel more like I can do hard things. I can do things that I didn't think I could. Um, it's almost like a good for you drug, <laughs> I sleep better. My heart rate's lower. I've had a couple of medical things that I've had to do, including, you know, getting my monthly IV. And I wasn't, I've had a couple of those now and I wasn't anxious at all. And I feel more like I got this, you know, and I can't remember anything making me feel this good in a long time. I'll share a story about my recent trip to Florida for the Greg Braden conference, um, which was called Pure Human Breakthrough. I really suggest, I, I can recommend it. Um, it's also pretty aligned with his book, Pure Human, or they've just renamed it to The Science of Self-Empowerment or something like that, but really good book. Um, very interesting book. So there's no good way to get to Jacksonville, Florida from the West Coast. So I was having to make two stops with one plane change on Southwest Airlines. So when we landed in, and you guys know I'm not a good flyer, right? Remember the story. You know, I'm not, my history is I'm not a great flyer. I get anxious. I don't like the bumps. I don't like, I feel everything on the plane. I think that has to do with my vertigo and my vestibular system. But if we turn, I know we're turning and I have to be able to look out the window to get my horizon back. And um, unless we're on a big plane at night, because those big planes, you don't feel it so much, you know, like mostly the, the, planes to Australia, I do really well on, but the Southwest airplanes are small. <laughs> so, um, in comparison. So anyway, we, um, we landed in Las Vegas and changed planes and we took off. And about 10 minutes later, the pilot came on and he said, we are going to need to turn back and go back to the airport. And he didn't give us any more information. And so we turn and we're heading back and he's like, so we're going to go back to the, to the airport. The plane is fine, but we need to go back to the airport. And so we are met on the, on the runway by the fire truck. So the plane was not fine. But um, now normally this would have had me freaking out. I was just, you know, my heart rate was probably a little bit higher, but I was I was noticeably more calm than I expected. Like I said to my, I thought to myself, what's going on here? Like, why aren't you freaking out? I'm glad I'm not freaking out, but well, what's, what's happening here? Whose body am I in? And, um, so we, you know, I, I don't know. I, we got back to the airport and changed planes and, um, they took it out of commission and we heard later that it was an engine light that had come on. Um, I didn't see the fire trucks, but people told me about it anyway. So we had a delay at the airport. Um, I knew I was fine because the next plane I was getting on while it had one more stop, I didn't have to get off that plane. I was just stayed on that plane. So it didn't matter how late we were, you know, my plane was ultimately going to my destination, 
But in the past, even just these disruptions in what my expectations were of my day would have thrown me off. It would have spun me out. I would have been very anxious. I would have needed to be doing my breath work. I would have needed, now I did, okay, I did do a little bit of breath work. I did a little bit of shaking in the airport. I did shake out a few things. But man, it, I was, I just remember thinking this is so weird. <laughs> it's got to be the ice baths. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really actually very cool. So I think it is helping with my resilience. And now, you know, with work coming home and having COVID and, you know, there's going to be some more opportunity to figure this out. Um, see how I go with that. Um, with his reintegration here. He's going to spend a few days in the trailer, that's for sure. Um, but back to the ice back thing, thing. So, you know, things to remember, it's deliberate. You are choosing to do it. You know, we get in calmly and we breathe. Getting control over the ner- nervous system is one of the greatest benefits. You know, if you can breathe through something that is uncomfortable and that you think you can't do and you do it every day, you're building resilience. Um, I'm super bummed that I didn't do this through the, the two years of being at home with COVID. I think my experience would have been much more enjoyable had I, um, my process for getting in, uh, at the beginning, I would listen to music and have my stopwatch going and then Warwick would be there, you know, to remind me to focus on my breath. And as it got colder, pretty much ever since I hit that 45 or under, I used the Morosco Forges guided meditations on YouTube. Um, and that's the they're the ones that I just went through the facilitator training with Adrian Jessic. She has several YouTube videos um, and she has them for like two, three, four, and five minutes, maybe more, but I've never looked at anything past four minutes. <laughs> I've only, the longest I've gone was, I think maybe I have done four minutes one time, but um, so you get centered and into your body and your breath before you get in. And then she guides you in and talks you through it as you're in the ice bath. Um, and Warwick is typically there. Well, he has been traveling now, so not really, but, um, so I've also done this at three different places besides my garage. Um, I wanted to try a few different places and test out some of the different bath, you know, types. So when we went, the first place we went to was, was a place called Refuge in Carmel, which is not too far from us. Um, I picked Warwick up from the airport in Monterey after the LA clinic and, um, they have contrast therapy, which is where you can go into hot tubs or saunas or steam rooms first, and then you can get into a cold pool after. So we did 15 minutes in the sauna and then three minutes in the cold pool, which was at 42 degrees. And then we did 10 minutes of sauna and two minutes of cold again. So that was really cool. I um, hadn't done contrast before. And when you do contrast, um, Adrian says that you should, you know, don't just jump right in the cold after the hot. You should let your body come back to, you know, like spend five minutes outside of it before you get into the cold. And she suggests you always end on cold. So that's just their suggestion. I think Huberman also says you should end on cold. Um, then I did another contrast therapy at a spa in Capitola. I wanted to try out their plunge. The one at Carmel, they were like pools. So you can't, unless you have somebody making you a pool, you're not going to be able to duplicate what they have. But this, this spa in Capitola had one called the plunge, I think. And, um, it's like a bathtub. I didn't like it. It was too much like being in a bath. I had to shove my body down to get in. It didn't cover up my boobs. Sorry. But, um, you know, it, it was, I just didn't like it. It was cold. It was, it actually was in the forties, but it circulates the water. So that's colder when you're in the water and you're, so when you're in the water and the water is still your body actually builds up a thermal layer right, right around it. So it actually warms up the water around you. So if you, um, if you move around, it's actually a lot colder. So if the water is circulating, it's actually a lot colder. Um, then there, the Morosco Forge, um, there was one of those units in Berkeley, uh, at a spa called Worthy. It's a really cool spot. She's got saunas and compression and red light and then the cold plunge and they guide you through, um, however many minutes basically you want. The first time I went, uh, was after I dropped off work. Um, no, 
I don't remember how I got up there. Anyway, I went up there and um, I did I did 36. Uh, that was the at that that point that was the coldest I'd been 36 uh, for three and a half minutes. And then Warwick and I uh, went up there again after I picked him up from the airport. And um, she it was again, I think it was 37 that day. And I did three minutes and then work did five minutes. He thought that was, he, he was really excited that he went that long. Um, you, again, longer is not better. It's just, you know, if you need to challenge yourself, maybe going a little longer is okay. There's, you know, on this, on this Facebook group, there's people, you know, oh, I've done 20 minutes and, the, and it's like, why, why are you, you can get the benefits from two minutes, you know, 11 minutes a week. That's all you need. So anyway, um, so the Morosco, uh, facilitator training, which now I mean, I am a certified deliberate cold exposure coach. I just add that to all my certifications. <laughs> um, I'll probably do some, you know, reflection on that and see why I do that. But anyway, I am certified, um, which means I can lead others through it. And I may get to do that. What we're planning to do at the podcast summit is to, find a location where we can do a um, field trip and I can lead a group through, which I'm really excited to do. Cause I, I think, I do think if I can introduce people to this and if, if one person out of the group, you know, if it makes them feel like I feel, then it'll be worth it. Cause yeah, it's just awesome. Um, but I had to, I, for this process, um, it's an online course. And then I had to send a video of me doing an ice bath cause she wants to make sure, you know, you know what it's like when your body goes into fight or flight and you, you breathe yourself out of it. And, um, the first day I did it, it was like 40 and she's like, Nope, it needs to be colder. And so at that point in time, I had only done, I mean, 40 was the coldest, so the next day I said to work, all right, let's turn it on. So we turned it on overnight and it got down to 37. And that was the coldest I had done it at that point in time. And then um, I had to do, and then I went through the course and then you have to do a video of you coaching somebody through an ice bath for the first time. And so Tyler happened to be here and um, he let me lead him through uh, one that was at about 39 degrees. And right before he's like, I don't know, mom, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know, which was perfect because, you know, that's what we all think. I don't know if we can do, I don't know if I can do this. And, um, and he did awesome. He was great. He, he went right through it. Fine. So, so the lowest that I've gotten now is, is 34 and it was pretty cold. It was an accident. I left it on a little too long and Kendall was here and I was having her watch and I go, I don't know, Kendall, this is going to be, this is going to be freaking cold. And so I got in and it was actually probably the strongest fight or flight, um, response that I had. I mean, I made it through, but I did feel a little bit anxious afterwards. I, I really didn't like that feeling. So I think, like I said, my sweet spot is, you know, 37 to 39, I think is where I'm really comfortable and, and finding a lot of benefit from it. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing my journey down this rabbit hole and sharing it to sharing it with others, um, especially. So, um, some of the resources that you can check out for the, the deliberate cold exposure, you know, I would say Wim Hof, although I don't do his breathing. I, his breathing makes me, um, dizzy, so I don't do it. Um, but Andrew Huberman, Huberman from the Huberman Labs podcast, he's got a really good uh, podcast on deliberate cold exposure. And the Wellpower podcast, this is the gal who does the Sherpa cold and breath um, training, Kirsten Wietzel. I might be butchering her name. Sorry, Kirsten. Um, but I have a booked with her after the after the summit, actually, we're going to her place. <laughs> My friends don't know it yet, but we are going to her place and she's going to do a group session with us. I guess now they'll know if they listen to this, um, but a breath work and cold exposure uh, group setting. And um, but her podcast is really good. And she actually interviews uh, Adrian Jessic and her partner from Morosco Forge on a couple. She's got like four different podcasts on cold, deliberate cold, which is really good. And then the Morosco Method has a podcast as well. 
Um, but if you go onto YouTube or actually TikTok, <laughs> TikTok has a ton of ice bath stuff. Um, I just went down that the other day. I'm like, whoa, there's a lot of people doing it. So you can see a lot of different ideas on, um, on ice baths in like plastic buckets and things like that. Anyway, if, if there's a will, there's a way you can find a way to make it work. Um, so anyway, I guess, you know, that sums up like all the rabbit holes that I could think of at this point. I mean, there's plenty more. If you, you know, if you liked my sharing, um, there's other things that I can chat about, you know, books and, and, you know, I've worked with some pretty incredible people like Carrie Lake and Barbara Schulte and, um, you know, the different kinds of therapy I've done. I could share a lot of, I could share a lot more, um, and I'm happy to do that. If the feedback is, you know, you want to hear more, let me know. And, you know, the best way that you can support our podcast is um, by sharing it and by actually subscribing to the video library. You know, that's the best way to support us. Um, we do have a Patreon account now. So that is also a way that you can support the Journey On podcast. You know, I had somebody the other day, um, actually, one of my friends, um, she was she said something about the podcast and I said, yeah, well, you know, cause we're doing it for free. And she's like, what? You don't get paid to do the podcast. I'm like, no, we don't get paid to do the podcast. Like it's a labor of love <laughs> until recently when we started the Patreon, there was not, you know, we don't take sponsors, so we're not getting paid by sponsors, which we could do, but we decided that is not what we wanted to do. And it's not, you know, it is a labor of love. Warwick loves doing it. He spends a shit ton time of time doing it too, just so you know. And shit ton is a technical term. Um, but, you know, it is unpaid. So the best way to keep it on for us is for you to listen, share, support through Patreon or the video library. Um, and that'll keep, you know, not that money is motivating, but, you know, it is nice to be appreciated that way um, for what you're doing and, and we love reviews and yeah, please continue to listen to the journey on podcast. I know we've got some amazing guests lined up and he's, he just uh, texted me with another couple that he's like, can you believe this? We're going to have this person and I'm not going to share who it is yet, but um, yeah, a couple really, really cool guests coming up. So thanks for listening and indulging me. And I hope you found some usefulness out of this. And I hope I inspired you to turn down your shower or stick your face in a ice cold um, bowl of water. And you'll see that that, um, you know, it's it's really good for the vagus nerve and it's really good for the dopamine and you will feel amazing afterwards. I, I guarantee it. See you guys next time. Thanks for being a part of the Journey On podcast with Warwick Schiller. Warwick has over 850 full-length training videos on his online video library at videos.warwickschiller.com. Be sure to follow Warwick on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram to see his latest training advice and insights.